You're listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Good morning, church. It's good to see you guys here. Go ahead and grab a Bible and go to Ephesians chapter 3. This is kind of the launching point passage that we've been using since we started 2017. Um, While you're turning there, I just want to welcome you. If today's your first time worshiping with us, man, we are so glad that you're here. My name is Matt, and I'm one of the pastors here at Vintage. And if today's your first day, we know that coming to a new church can at times be overwhelming. Uh, If you have any questions, grab one of our host team members. You'll see them. They either have a shirt that says host team or a badge, a lanyard, and that kind of stuff. They would love just to connect with you, answer any questions you might have. You found what we call a response card in your seat. If today is your first time, I please invite you just to fill that out. Um, just tear off the bottom portion. We're not going to hound you, but we just want to get some feedback on your experience. We want to thank you for worshiping with us, and we want to serve you in any way that we can. Also, before we dive in this morning, I just kind of want to keep you up to speed on some things happening around our church. Next Saturday night, that's January the 28th at 7 o'clock in this room, we're going to have our annual Partners worship night. We do this in January every year. Um, if you're new to our church, we, we don't have members because we're not a country club. Um, we have what we call partners. The way we see it is the moment you step into in, onto this campus, the very first time you show up, we want to be committed to you. We want to love on you. We want to support you, pray for you. We want to be here for you. Even if you don't stay at our church, we want to be f- here for you in any way that we can. But partnership is kind of you making a commitment to the church. You find out yeah, by going through what we call Vintage 101, more about who we are as a church, what we believe, why we do what we do. And you say, hey, you know what? I want to get on board with that, and I want to partner with the church in helping it accomplish its mission and vision in this community. And so for those people who have made that commitment once a year, we just kind of have a night to celebrate what God has been doing, cast some vision for what we believe God's going to do, and then we do some some not-so-fun stuff like give you our budget and let you know kind of how what the plan is for the year and all that kind of thing. Um, we've had some people announce that last week, and then we had some people just say, hey, um, I'm fairly new, and I've missed out on partnership. How do I, can I become a partner before um, that night? So I've added a new, another Vintage 101. We typically do Vintage 101 the first Wednesday of every month, and I teach that seminar, and it's, again, it, it goes through what we believe, how we're structured, how we make decisions, why we do church the way we do church. Um, I'm going to add one this Wednesday night at 6.30. If you have not committed to partnership, and so do you, for you to get one more opportunity before next Saturday, but you need to sign up online. Uh, go to vintagechurch.net. You'll see a little page there. You can just a little sign-up form, and we would love to have you connect in that way. Um, but there's just remember that for next weekend. It's going to be awesome. And we've heard people say, well, I'm not a partner. What if I show up? We're not going to kick you out. We're going to just celebrate with you and then hope you feel guilty because you've never partnered before. I'm totally serious. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, let's dive into the Word together. We are in a series called Above and Beyond. And the whole premise of this series is that we finished up 2016. I began to pray. I kind of just personally take a word or a phrase as I head into a new year. I'm not like a resolution kind of person. I really don't make resolutions. I set some goals for myself and for our church at the end of every year as we move into a new year. But usually I just seek the Lord, all right, Lord, what's kind of my word or my phrase for, for this year of how we're going to approach it? And, and that thought kind of came about, and it was t- these two words that kind of go together that God gave me, above and beyond. And the reality is the way the, the to give you more detail about what that means for me is I believe that God wants to do beyond what we've ever experienced before. If you believe that God always has more, say amen. 
God always has more. Like, God is a God of more. Like, we can never get enough of him. There's always more he wants to do in our lives. There's always more that he wants to do to change us, to be like his son Jesus. There's always more blessing and favor I think he wants to pour in our lives that, like, if you think you've got all there is to have of God, you're wrong. There's always more. But what God challenged me to do is to experience his beyond, I'm going to have to go above. Like, we go into another year, most of us, we want everything to change, but we don't want to change anything. And that if we are going to experience God's above, then there's a part that we're going to play in that to go above and beyond and to do more and to seek him more and to pursue him more. And so that's kind of the the genesis of this message is above and beyond. And it's rooted in this passage of scripture. Paul wrote this to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to start again with verse 14. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, and then this is the verse that we've been really trying to highlight, that you may be filled to the, full, to the, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like Paul's saying, I'm praying that because of who he is and because you're rooted and established in his love, that you can be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. And then verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we, all, than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It says, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. In other words, like God has more. And like for you to experience anything beyond what you've experienced at this point in your life, then you're going to have to be challenged to go above. And we started where we needed to start the first week. This all starts with a relationship with Jesus. Like you're never going to get all that you can get out of this life outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Like you, it starts with having a relationship with Jesus. That sin, there's this thing called sin, these things that, these mistakes that we've made that are contrary to what God's best is for our lives, and all of us have made them, every single one of us, including every person that's ever stood on this platform, ever sat in those seats. Like we're sinners. Come on. Welcome to Venice Church where everybody's as messed up as you are. Just the reality, we all have those mistakes. And those mistakes, that sin, has put a lid on the potential of our lives. And the only way to break through that lid is to believe in what Jesus did for us on the cross. To accept the sacrifice that Jesus made to seek him for forgiveness and allow him to take that lid of sin off our lives so that we can reach our potential. And my prayer was that this year that, that, that your relationship with Jesus wouldn't, that Jesus wouldn't be the first on your list, but he would be at the center of your life. And that maybe for the first time ever, everything that you are flows from him and through him and for him, and he becomes the center of who you are. And it starts with that relationship. And then last week, we talked about a message I've never really preached before. And we talked about physical health. And that if God's going to do some things in your life, and that once that lid is opened and God can begin to do all these things in their life, there's four things that I think we can start stepping towards in order to go above and beyond and get all out of this life God wants for us. And I, ta- I challenge you, those, those four things were to get, f- number one, physically healthy. That like basically, health, our physical health is, it matters to God. 
And if you missed that, you can go back on our website. The podcast is up there that, that physical health is a matter of stewardship and that God wants you to be physically healthy and there's some, some attention that we need to give that and what we do and how we use our bodies matters to God. And more than anything, if you want to get most out of life, then the world, your family, your job, your God deserves the healthiest version of you. Come on that you can offer it. And so we just challenge, are, are we doing the things necessarily to do that? The other three things I'm challenging us to do is to get emotionally well, fi- uh, financially responsible, and spiritually growing. And so today, the topic I want to dive into is getting emotionally well. That if, if 2017 is going to be a different kind of year, if we're going to go above and beyond, if we're going to experience all that God has for us, then we have to accept the challenge to get emotionally well. And so before that can happen, and today's going to be kind of a gut check, check and, and it's going to be, I'm going to be as transparent maybe as I've kind of ever been with you guys about stuff that, that I struggle with. But for you to get emotionally well, and can we just all Im- going to have to admit that, that we're not always emotionally well? As a matter of fact, there's people in the room like right now, you're emotionally a mess. Because see, the first thing that's going to have to happen if we're going to start stepping toward becoming emotionally well, we're going to have to get emotionally honest. And I know that ain't, that ain't a thing that we like to do in the church. Because church is a place where we're supposed to pretend that everything's good. You know, church is supposed to be the place where we find our nicest clothes and we dress all pretty and we look all good. And you know what? We just kind of put on all our, our, our Sunday best and we walk in and we smile and we say, how you doing? I'm good. I'm great. I'm feeling good. Because we couldn't dare say, I am a mess. My marriage is awful. My finances are wrecked. I'm worried all the time. I'm stressed. I'm going to choke my son out before the end of the day. <laughs> like, I mean, we can't do that in church, right? And that's the problem. And maybe the reason why we're not seeing people experience above and beyond, maybe we're not the reason why we're experience, seeing people experience all this thing from God, is we're just not willing to be honest. And if you're going to get emotionally well, if we're going to start dealing with this issue, you're going to have to be emotionally honest about where you are and the emotions that you're wrestling with and the emotions that are seeking to hijack your life. Because the reality is sometimes, can we be, that we all experience emotions. Things happen in life, right? Things go, I mean, in the culture that we live in and the exposure that we have to all of the world's issues and problems where our emotions can hijack our lives. Our emotions can almost drown out the fact that we serve a loving, powerful God. And if we're going to start stepping toward emotional wellness, if we're going to start stepping toward dealing with these negative emotions that seek to control our lives, the first step we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get honest about those things. We're going to have to get emotionally honest. You know, to me, if you want to see a good example, y'all remember David, right, in the Bible? You know, he was more than just this little kid with a slingshot and killed Goliath. We're actually, um, not the next series that we do, but the series following that, we're going to do a, a life study through, through the life of David. But if you ever read through the Psalms, if you want to see the emotional roller coaster of a human being, read through the Psalms. Because, I mean, one minute David's like, God, you're awesome. Next minute he's like, God, I don't know where you are, but I feel really jacked up. I mean, you read things like this in Psalm 6, verses 6 and 7. And maybe some of you can identify and relate to what David's saying here. I am worn out from my groaning. 
All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fall because of all my foes. Anybody ever felt like that? Come on, amen. He says, I'm, I'm worn out. I'm not just physically, but emotionally. Because there's a lot of things happening in and around my life that emotionally are just beating me to death. Psalm 42, 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Do you ever have these moments where emotionally you feel so terrible and like you can't even really figure out why? Somebody say amen. Let me know I ain't crazy. We're like, you just, it's like you, you get up in the morning and you just can't, you can't even really get going. You don't really want to attack the day. It's, it, you know, there's just emotions in you that you just, just, they drain you physically. They drain you spiritually. And we can, if we're not careful, the emotions, because of all the things that are happening in and around our lives, they can hijack our life and cause us to miss out on so much of what God has for us. And they can begin to kind of paint a very inaccurate picture of who he is and what he desires to do in our lives. But I believe that becoming emotionally well is possible because I believe that's the kind of God we serve. But if you're going to become emotionally well, then you're going to have to get emotionally honest about the things and the emotions that you're wrestling with and why you're wrestling with those things. And so today I want to give you my list. These are my emotional struggles. And, I, and, and, and you're awesome and perfect, I know. And so none of these you struggle with. But this is just going to, I'm going to be me being really real with you. The things that I wrestle with, the strength, the things that I struggle with, as I prepare for this message, and you know what's crazy? As I prepare to preach this message, these things have been more heightened in my life than they've been in a really long time. Even this very morning, struggling with some of these. Because the devil's a punk who knows how to prey on God's people. See, I don't know about you, but I get worried and fearful. I'm a worrier, man. I, I worry about everything. I get worried when I don't have anything to worry about. You ever feel like that? I'm like, I haven't been worried today. Oh, no, what am I forgetting? <laughs> like, there's got to be something I'm supposed to be worrying about. I mean, I worry about everything. I worry about our church. I mean, I know none of y'all do this. I, I worry about money. I know none of y'all worry about that. I worry about my kids. I worry about you guys as there's things that you're going through and frustrations and, and sicknesses. I mean, I just worry so much, man. There's just, there's just, and there seems like there's a lot of stuff to worry. And you know what? The more I worry, the more fearful I become. And I start playing out all the scenarios, right? Well, what if this? What if this? What if this? What if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't work out? What if this? I, like, I play out the worst case scenario all the time in my mind. Right? Come on. Like, I worry about things that sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, like they're irrational. Like, they're worst case scenario, like, and they maybe have like a point oh 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 one percent chance of happening. And I'm thinking that's a chance. And so I get worried and I get fearful. And that fear begins to dominate how I operate. It begins to impact the, the decisions that I make. And the way I approach conversations, and the way I journey through days, 
And you know what? It'd be awesome if, that, if fear brought on by worry was the only emotion I had to wrestle with. But not only do I get worried and fearful, I get insecure and jealous. I get insecure and jealous. I know none of y'all do this, but you know, sometimes I see people getting things that I wish I had, and I wonder what I'm doing wrong, that I don't have those things. And I know none of y'all do that. And I begin to get jealous. I look at my life, and I, and I look at my, my own inadequacies and my own flaws, and some days they just seem to stand out like a beacon calling to me. And I see how jacked up I am at times. And I see how there's so many things that I hoped to accomplish by this point in my life. I see so many things that I thought would be fixed by now in my life. I see so many things that, that other people have that I look at God and think I should have those things too. And then I start thinking, well, maybe if I was better, maybe if I did a little bit more, maybe if I tried a little harder, maybe if I worked a few more hours, maybe if I did this or that or whatever, somehow I would be worthy or have those things as well. And then I begin to get jealous. And I have a hard time celebrating the good things that other people had. And that jealousy begins to kind of dominate me. And now, again, I wish those were the only two. But not only do I get worried and fearful, and not only do I get insecure and jealous, but I get frustrated and bitter. I get frustrated when things aren't happening like they're supposed to happen. I get frustrated when I watch people that I love and care about go through stuff they shouldn't have to go through. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? There's times I have no clue what God is doing. I can't understand it at all. And I try to logic and reason and get my brain around it, and the more and more I can't, you know what? Bitterness starts to well up in me. And can I be honest? There's some days I get so mad at God, I don't even want to talk to Him. Now, some of y'all are thinking, we are at the wrong church. What is the matter with this preacher? I'm just being honest. That I have these moments. And there's one more on my list. And I think these kind of progress through. Not only do I get worried and fearful and insecure and jealous and frustrated and bitter, I get isolated and lonely. That there's times where I just kind of get on my little pity party and feel like, well, I'm the only one that's going through this, and nobody else will understand, so I'm not going to have a conversation with anybody. Or, you know what, I can't tell people that I struggle with that. Do you know what they're going to think about me? I'm the preacher. So I withdraw, and I hold stuff myself. And I I begin to try by myself to carry the weight of my life alone. And it gets lonely. Now, that's my list. What's yours? Because I guarantee you, you have one. I'm not saying these are all things that, I, that, that, that dominate my life at all times, but these are all things I'm fighting against. Because you know what? I don't, if you're not fighting against your feelings, you're dead. Come on, somebody. We all have, this is the world that we live in. It's ravaged with sin. It's broken. It's not the world that God originally intended for us. Sin ushered all these things into this world. 
And the result is now, these are the feelings that all of us have to constantly fight. And if you're honest with yourself, if yours isn't listed here, there are some feelings that you're having to fight. Feelings and emotions that seek to hijack your life and pull you away from God and pull you away from his standards and pull you away from his word and pull you away from his family that you're going to have to fight. But there's some things that God's been teaching me, some things that, that I've been learning that I think maybe we all need to learn so that we can counteract this. And the number one thing that God has been teaching me over the last several years is this, how I feel cannot determine how I behave. I'll say that again. How I feel cannot determine how I behave. Like these feelings are going to come and go, right? Sometimes we can't always control how we feel, amen? But we can have a say in how those feelings control us. And one of the problems in our world is so many people end up operating purely, solely from emotion. And feelings start to be the dominant force in our lives. But the more I look at Scripture and the more I understand of who God is, if you are in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you don't have to fall victim to your feelings. How I feel cannot determine how I behave. And let me just go ahead and, and we stop buying the lies. Because this is how I think sometimes we feel is, hey man, this is how I feel. I'm just being real. I'm keeping it 100. <laughs> it's how I feel. And almost like we can, we can just justify, well, it's how I feel. So I'm going to let it control me. I'm going to let it dominate me. That's not being honest. That's being immature. got real didn't it just now see when, when we allow our feelings to be the driving force behind our behavior it's gonna go bad and it's gonna look a little something like this check out this video My man's face is just classic though, right? And see, we laugh. We look at it. Oh, that's just children. But that's how adults end up behaving. Come on. When we get to this place where, yeah, this is how we feel, and those emotions begin to dominate, that's not being honest. That's not being real. It's being immature. And let me just go ahead and say this. In no way am I trying to dismiss your feelings. In no way am I trying to say there's not a justifiable reason for what you feel. You hear me say amen. Your feelings are real. I'm not dismissing your feelings. I'm not saying your feelings aren't, aren't, aren't real. And I'm not saying that there's moments when the way you feel isn't completely justified. I need you to hear me on that. Because I don't want you to walk out here saying, well, that's the most insensitive jerk I've ever heard preach. 
I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, because of Jesus Christ and because of the Holy Spirit who is alive in you, you do not have to be driven by the way that you feel because you can be driven by the Holy Spirit of God. And there's a difference. That yes, I'm not saying you can't control how you feel. So much of the time, those feelings are real and they're raw and they're justifiable and this world is hard and it's difficult. But you don't have to be driven by those emotions. How I feel cannot determine how I behave. Let me just read kind of several passages of Scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want or whatever you feel. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Paul's saying is, like, there's going to be things that you feel, but as somebody who's chosen Jesus, somebody who is living in relationship with God, somebody who has access to the power of the Holy Spirit, that even though you feel those things, those things don't have to dominate the way you live your life. They don't have to be in control. James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger, and I would submit that you could say because of human, because human emotion does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In other words, what James is saying is here, when like, you can't be controlled by emotion and be living the way God has called you to live. And can I, I would even say that does not only mean negative. You can't be controlled by your happiness nor your sadness. Like neither one can dominate how you decide to live your life. Let's keep moving. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, do not let something else control you other than the Holy Spirit because it doesn't have to be that way. Proverbs 29.11 Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-8 through eight, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the a mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you be sober minded be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour like we all have to wrestle with these emotions and these feelings but we do not have to be driven by them There's going to be times when I'm worried and fearful and I'm insecure and jealous and those feelings ramp up, but I can't allow my life to be driven by those emotions. And you can't either. And the good news is, like, you don't have to. Come on, you don't have to. That the Holy Spirit is bigger and more powerful than that. And that, yes, those feelings are going to happen and they're going to come and go and life's going to throw all kinds of stuff at you that bring those emotions and feelings on. But how I feel cannot determine my behavior. And the good news is, like, God didn't just stop there. Like, he gave us things. I believe that God has a solution for every sorrow. Like, God gave us tools and things to help counteract these emotions. And if you feel like you're losing the emotional battle, can I ask you, what are you doing to fight against it? 
What are you doing to stay connected to God and to follow the things that he has put in place to help counteract those negative emotions? That I, I, I put it, you've heard me use this analogy before. I believe that we're all sponges. And we're constantly absorbing things as we move throughout life. As you're watching TV, as you're watching the news, as you're reading social media, like you're constantly absorbing things. And eventually life is going to squeeze you. You ever been squeezed, amen? Life's going to squeeze you. And, what, and when life squeezes you, guess what? Whatever has gone in is going to come out. If you stick a sponge down in water and squeeze it, Kool-Aid ain't coming out. If you're not absorbing the things of God, when life squeezes you, guess what? It's going to be emotions that take control and not the things of God. So what are you doing? What, what, what are, you, are you taking advantages of the tools and resources and avenues that God has given us to counteract these emotions? This is what God's been teaching me. Some of the antidotes to some of my emotions. When I'm worried and fearful, I'm reminded that I need to live according to the word. I need to live according to the word. Number one, did you, you know the source of most of my stress is me? I'll say that again. The source of most of my stress is me. You know when I'm most stressed? When I do something stupid. When I make a decision contrary to God's word. When I believe I can do things my own way and my own power and I start l- trying to operate outside of what he's told me to do and do things my way, that usually don't end too well. You with me say amen? Live according to his word. You know what? What his word says matters more than what you feel. And there'll be sometimes then what you feel stands contrary to what God's word says. And which one are you going to allow to win out? Live according to his word. Psalm 119, 9 and 10. says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. For me, the antidote to worry and fear is the word. Are you spending time in the word every day? Man, those of you who have smartphones, the Bible app is an amazing tool that God's allowed us to have. There's all kinds of reading plans. There's all kinds of tools for you to stay. There is no excuse for you not. You can actually plug it into your car and hit play, and it will audibly read the Word to you. There is no excuse anymore for why you can't be in the Word. You ain't too busy. Awesome grammar, sorry. You are not too busy. You, You have access to it right there. Another thing that we're trying to do is figure out more ways as a church to kind of help you with this. And so we've launched these labs. Starting the first Monday in February, we're going to launch a new semester of Bible labs. They'll be every Monday at 6.30 across the street at our offices. And the way we're doing it is the first Monday in February will be for men. The second will be for women. And we'll alternate just like that all the way into May. And we're going to do a Bible lab on what it means to be biblically a man and biblically a woman. Biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. And so we're offering that opportunity for you to come with other people in the church and to dive into the Word and find out what God's Word says about what it means to biblically be who He's called us to be. That's a great resource. If, you want, if you're worried and fearful, what I have discovered is living according to the Word and staying in the Word so counteracts a lot of that worry and fear. When I'm insecure and jealous, God is just constantly telling me to remember who I am in Christ. To allow him to define me more than anybody else. 
that, you know what, as much as I love you, as much as I love my wife, as much as I love my kids, they do not get to define me. That father, pastor, husband, preacher are not my number one title. Child of the King is. That what he thinks of me matters most. And you know what? There's something that you have to learn. Sometimes he can be pleased with you and nobody else will be. So we bought into that lie, right? To think, you know what? If I'm honoring God, I must be popular. Why did we ever believe that? Jesus wasn't popular. The disciples weren't popular. The apostles weren't popular. When I'm battling this insecure and jealous, what I have to remember is I'm exactly who he wants me to be. Everything he's gifted with me was for a specific purpose and design. Remember who you are in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. That's who you are. When I'm frustrated and bitter, what I've had to learn is I can, can take control of my thoughts. I have to take control of my thoughts. I have to be intentional about what I let my mind dwell on. That so much of the negativity in our lives starts between our ears and what we allow ourselves to think. And if you, can, if you want to win the battle, the front lines is your thought life. That's why it says things like this, Psalm 77. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. When I started to get frustrated, I let my mind go back to the times when I know he's been real, when he's shown up, and I remember all the awesome things that he's done for me. See, I know we can all be prisoners of the moment and allow our current situation to drown out all the awesome things that God has done and pretend like they're not real. In that moment, you have to take your mind back to those moments when you know God has shown up you know he has been real you know he's been active and declare he can and will be again it's good preaching matt thank you very much second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 we demolish strongholds and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god then listen to this and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ change the way you think and finally when i'm when i'm isolated and lonely i build relationships with the right people I'm reminded that I have to go and connect with the right people. That I have to step out of my comfort zone. And you know what? I have to initiate the conversation. So many of us get lonely because in our pride, we won't make contact. We think, well, they should call me. I ain't been to that church in three weeks and ain't nobody been here. So I'm just going to sit here and be lonely. When nobody even knows what you're going through. Because you haven't had the courage and the willingness to speak up and speak out. You have to build relationships with the right people. That's why we do life groups. You think we, we don't do those just for fun. And you know what? If you're not connected to a life group, I want to challenge you to do something. Before the end of the day, get on our website, fill out that form. We have a guy named Chris Foster who loves, hit one of his passions is to help you connect with other people that he believes will benefit you in your life. And your first step to maybe getting away from being isolated and lonely is to get on our website today to fill out that form and allow Chris to come alongside you and help to connect you to some of the other people that are sitting around you to build a relationship that's going to be necessary for you to move forward in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. 
says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You need those relationships. See, God has a solution for every sorrow. God has an antidote for every negative emotion if we'll be willing to take up our responsibility and engage it. You want to go above and beyond, you've got to get emotionally well. To get emotionally well, you're going to have to be emotionally honest. These are the ones that I struggle with, and this is what God is teaching me that counteract it. Will you get honest about yours today? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget all, not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Will you be honest about what you're struggling with emotion? This I want, I want you to be really honest. In other words, what I want you to do, if you'll admit there's an emotion that I'm struggling with getting a handle on, I'm struggling with allowing God to take control of in my life, and I want that to end today. I want to pray for you, but I want you to do something. I want you to come kneel around this altar for me. I'm going to pray over you. If you have the courage to say there's, some, there's an emotion that's seeking to hijack my life, and I'm battling it, and a lot of days I'm losing that battle. Would you have the courage just to come kneel around the altar and let me pray over you? Come on now. Church, if you see somebody you know and love coming down here, will you come and lay hands on them? Or maybe somebody you don't know, but you just feel led to come, lay hands on them, pray over them. That Man, there's an emotion. It's real. It's raw. And I'm battling it. I'm fighting it. I'm struggling with it. It's seeking to hijack my life. But I know it doesn't have to control me. That the Holy Spirit can be in charge of who I am and how I live and how I operate. And today is the day that I'm going to declare victory in the name of Jesus over this emotion that's seeking to ruin and wreck my life. I'm not going to let it happen anymore. I'm going to declare victory in the name of Jesus today. I want to pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every person who's had the courage to step out of those seats and to kneel around this platform, God. And God, I'm also so grateful that, Lord, you know every person here intimately. You created them. You formed them in their mother's womb. God, you've watched them struggle through these emotions. You've watched every wound that's been inflicted that's created this emotion. You've watched everything that's happened along the journey of their life that's helped to create these, these feelings, whether it be fear or anxiety or sadness or depression or jealousy or loneliness. God, no matter what it is, Lord, in your heart, every time that they have experienced that, it's been broken. But God, we're so grateful today that because of Jesus, because of the cross, because of the empty tomb, because of the Holy Spirit, that Lord, these emotions that we feel that are very real and that are often justified, they don't have to be in charge. They don't have to take control of us. They don't have to run our lives, that we can be set free from those emotions through the power and blood of Jesus and in the power of the Spirit 
that is stronger in us than any emotion that we can ever feel. And so God, right now, I just pray that people would just begin to feel free, that you would begin to release burdens, that you would begin to open up their hearts and minds and allow them just to feel the weight of that. That God, that him, And God, I pray that you would just help them to know too that when they get up, not necessarily that emotion is going to be gone. They may, they may step up from this altar, from this place, and they may still feel that feeling. That feeling may still be very real. But God, the absence of that feeling isn't what we're praying for. What we're praying for is the presence of your spirit as that feeling continues to move in our lives. We're asking for your presence to overtake those emotions, that your power through your spirit would lift us up above those emotions that are stirring in our hearts, God. And God, that you would grant people freedom. And God, may they walk away from this room today knowing without a shadow of doubt that you are more powerful than any emotion that will seek to hijack their lives, God. God, we love you. We praise you, and we lift up your name today, the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.